Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning. You know, I'm looking out of the window of my studio in Fort Collins, and it actually looks sunny. Um, we've had a wet one, haven't we? We'll be talking about that. It's affecting the outdoor conditions, fishing, hunting, camping. We'll touch on all that through the show and what, how it's changing things out there. We are supposed to get some warm, dry days starting tomorrow. I don't know how long they'll last, but hopefully we'll, we can dry things up. The lakes are full. The rivers are running. We'll talk about all that. But I do want to remember tomorrow's Father's Day, and later on in the show I'll talk more about that. But I'm very thankful to my parents for getting me started in the outdoors and the memories we created. So we'll refer to those kind of things during the show. If you get a chance, I know a lot of our normal contributors have taken trips just in the last few weeks with their fathers. So it's uh, we'll be talking about that too. But we've got a lot to cover, so let's go right to the phones. Joining us from the Blue Quill Angler, he's a legendary guide in Colorado, probably the most renowned and well-known guide in Colorado. He's an author, and he's just one heck of a good guy, Mr. Pat Dorsey. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, sir. How are you? You know, I'm doing great, and uh, how long have we been doing all this stuff? I'm getting old. I don't know. You seem to have stayed young, but I'm getting old. <laughs> Boy, am I starting to feel my age. I'm going to turn 60 this year, and... and uh... Yeah, it's a little tougher than it was 31 years ago when I started guiding. <laughs> but we're, I think we're still having fun. That's something about the outdoors is, you know, Pat, everybody that I've talked to that's been successful in the outdoors or interacted with would have been successful probably to an even larger degree in other aspects of life, but they have such a passion for the outdoors. And a lot of that came from where we grew up and how we were. I, I don't, We won't get into your stories, but um, we all have them, but... What's going on in fly fishing right now? As you just mentioned, it's boy, it's been a crazy year. I, I, I can't remember a spring like this since 1995, which was a really big water year. Very similar in many ways. Um, you know, a good snowpack, but just confused. But it, it's, re, it's reminiscent of those days in many ways with all this rain. And, of course, we've got runoff. Is the runoff starting to peak, or do we still have quite a bit? I think we still have a decent amount of runoff because I, I don't think it – I could be wrong, but I just don't feel like it's gotten hot enough to get that, you know, higher-level snowpack really going. I mean, um, that's kind of what concerns me a bit is, you know, we've had all this rain, but I think there's still some snow to come down as well. Well, you know, I know that it's it's put a damper on a lot of people's outdoor activity uh, – and it's, you know, we, we have this saying, almost everybody tell you in Colorado, we always need the moisture, but I need a break. <laughs> I need some drying out. Um, so hopefully we'll get a get control of it. The, the plus side is that things are full. The fish are going to be healthy because of the good water flows. What are you seeing? You know, even during these times, though, there's still good fishing opportunities. What are you seeing and hearing out there? You know, a lot of the free stones are, are, you know, running high right now still. Um, Colorado and the Gunnison, you know, they're, they're still running high and off-color. It doesn't mean they're they're not fishable. You know, you can fish the edges with, you know, San Juan worms and big stonefly nymphs and things like that. But there's no doubt, you know, the tailwaters right now are going to be your, 
your best bet. Um, most of the lakes are full, as you just mentioned. Um, several of them are spilling right now. Cheeseman is spilling. Uh, Dylan is spilling. So, man, we've got plenty of water. We've got excess water coming over the spillways, and we've got good fishing in our tailwaters. So I think we're very blessed. No, I, I couldn't agree more. One thing I always put a plug in when we talk about fishing, if you're fishing the more freestone rivers or even if it's one with a large flow, um, you can still fish, like you mentioned, go to larger flies, maybe go to streamers, fish the edges. But I always tell people, boy, if, if you really are unsure at all, leave your waders at home. The fish are going to be close to the edges, and you just it only takes one misstep in that fast water. Exactly, exactly. you got to be really cautious um, with that fast water. You know, and like you said, you know, a, a pink San Juan worm or a chamois leech or, like you say, some streamers, I mean, you can catch fish in, in you know, extreme conditions. So um, don't rule that out. What about some of the more fishable? Is there some pretty good fishable water along the South Platte? I know that's kind of where you specialize. Yeah, you know, spinning has been, the dream stream has been low. It's been, you know, like less than 40 CFS all spring. And it just bounced up a couple of days ago. Spinny Reservoir is uh, 5,000 acre feet from filling, which is incredible. So I think uh, once that reservoir gets full, then we'll start seeing more water coming down the uh, South Platte Corridor, which is going to impact everything else, 11 Mile and Cheeseman. Uh, right now, Cheeseman's on the rise. It's spilling. It's 439 CFS, and it's on the rise. Carryout Creek's really flowing hard. Um, so, you know, really from the headwaters, you know, below the spinny down into Deckers, then, you know, the South Platte would be a good option for anybody. Yeah, and it just, I know people sometimes hesitate because it's close to Denver and gets a little crowded. It can get a little technical because of that. But, boy, it just it's just a great fishing river, isn't it? It is. In fact, you know, you know, an hour from Denver, it's probably, you know, one of the best trout streams anywhere um decker's getting a little high right now it's up to 610 cfs you know because of all the rain the three feeder creeks that come in there definitely adding some color to the water and and it's it's uh you gotta be careful now down to deckers i mean it's it's uh, 610 cfs is no joke that's that's moving right along oh it really is um if you had to go i want to move on to a couple other topics here in just a minute but if you had to go Give me a couple places. If you just knew tomorrow, Father's Day, or next week when it's going to be hotter and drier, are there one or two spots that you think are just going to shine? You know, I, I think, uh, gosh, any of the tailwaters we just talked about would, would be a good choice. Um, you know, I mean, 11 miles manageable right now. It's 100 CFS, which is nice. Spinney is 149 CFS. You know, I think, you know, Cheeseman and Deckers are going to continue to rise, as is the Blues. So, I think, you know, to be totally honest with you, Terry, I think you're just going to have to kind of check the flows and make a lot of these game-time decisions. But like you said, next week things are going to dry out a bit, and I think uh, our flows are going to start to stabilize a little bit. And, of course, at the Blue Quill, you guys report on conditions on your website and Facebook, I believe, don't you? We do. Um, I, I, I have a personal website that I try to keep up to date as, as often as I can. It's not always easy, you know, guiding continuously but I, I do my best to update my stream report and uh, i've been putting uh, a date down in the bottom corner when i update so that that helps and uh yeah and we're, we're just passionate at the shop you know we've got you know, 20 guides and they're all passionate about what we do and we teach classes and uh we just that's our that's our deal you can't fake passion we love it now your personal website uh, what or facebook what how do they find that 
It's uh, patdorseyflyfishing.com. Okay. So I know there'll be great information there. And, again, the bluequillangler.com or bluequillangler on Facebook, I know it's a great resource, too. Let's talk. Let's change. What we're talking about, uh, I want to get to your book, your latest book, but let's talk about um, some of the things at the Blue Quill. You know, it's Father's Day. People are looking for last-minute gifts. You got any suggestions? You know, um, I think one of one of the coolest gifts you could get a person, it's the gift that keeps on giving, is the Fly of the Month Club. And you just get, uh, you get you know, a subscription of flies where it's three, six, or 12 flies every month for a year. So that's that would be a great last-minute um, gift for any of the fathers, you know. Um, but, you know, get them a guide trip, get them a, a class. There's a lot of things that could help elevate their game to the next level. Now, that Fly of the Month Club, is that through Blue Quill? It is through the Blue Quill. Yeah, we've been doing that since, oh, gosh, almost 30 years now. So, it's a monthly subscription. You get um, you get your flies that show up for the month. I mean, if it's uh, June, you might get you know a, a yellow Sally dry fly, or you, June, July you might get a PMD nymph or whatever. We try to you know ship flies that are seasonally appropriate for that time of year, and then a write up on you know how to fish it and different strategies like that. Well, then when you get that, leads us right into your book, and you just got a book that came out this fall called. Favorite flies for Colorado, I believe. Yes, sir. It was uh, one of the more rewarding projects. I got to work with some of the best fly tires in Colorado. You know, Charlie Cravens and Barr and you know, Landon Mayer. A lot of these really creative, innovative fly tires submitted their their favorite fly, and um, then they also gave me the history about it and how to fish it. So there's 50 flies with recipes, a lot of which, you know. Um, people haven't seen but many of them are our Colorado favorites Rim Chung submitted an RS2 and they're all tied for the most part by the original fly designer I've got a Puderbaugh caddis by Don Puderbaugh so um, it's really cool I mean, I've got a picture of the fly I got the recipe and then a little bit of history and how to fish it um, came out in the fall and it's a project I'm really proud of well it sounds really great and knowing you it's just a book that everybody will want to get where is it available at we have piles of them at the shop, so I um, mean, you can just call the shop, or you can uh, get on the website, and uh, we'll, we'll sh- gladly ship you one night out. All right, that sounds fantastic. You know, I want to get uh, a couple tips from you, but before we even move on to that, when you're talking about the favorite flies for Colorado, we used to do a thing on the show, Pat, where any time a fly fisherman or fly angler called in, I'd ask them if they could only have five flies what they would take. Now, I won't get you pin you down that far, but are there two or three flies the average fly fisherman in Colorado just needs to have in his box all the time? You know, if I, you know, a hare's ear, man, that's an oldie but a goodie, and a pheasant tail. I mean, those are just two patterns that are that are super super old, but are are just reliable. And um, one of the hottest flies for me lately has been a buckskin. That that that's a fly that's been around for 70 plus years and been on the South Platte. But I think some of these oldies but goodies are oftentimes overlooked because of the modern day fly innovation. So that, I guess that's my suggestion is a lot of those flies that worked 50 years ago still work good today and don't rule those out. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I had a similar experience. I was looking through some of my tackle, which over the years you accumulate more than a couple couple pieces, right? 
and I have both fly fishing and conventional. And I looked at a lot of the new lures that are out on the conventional side. There's always the newest trending lure. And I can look back, and, like, one of them right now is what they call a Ned Rig. Well, it's a small, like, two- to four-inch piece of plastic under a flat jig head. When I thought to myself, Greg Claudio and I were molding lead jig heads and fishing four-inch worms in the 80s because you couldn't buy them anywhere. So they're not so wow. new, but they become, a, they become a new trend, don't they? Yeah, they do. I think, you know, and just you, as, you know, if that I could, you know, offer it, but just don't outthink yourself. You know what I mean? And it's just block it and tackle them, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, how many times do you think that a, an angler who thinks he finally made the right adjustment, he cut some hackles off his fly, he changed flies, and got it to lie in the surface film different, and he finally, you know, we all like to say, I figured it out, but how often do you think it's just he finally made a good drift over an active fish? I would agree with that. Presentation is by far the most component um, to being successful as a fly angler. And, and I, I, you know, I do make 10 times more weight adjustments and indicator adjustments when I'm nymphing in comparison to fly changes. So I really do. I, I think you got to be careful and not outthink yourself. I think it's, um, it's, it's more about the presentation. Uh, keep your, you know, your flies in, in the proper uh, zone. Yeah, I think so, too. Keeping them in the zone and getting them to look as natural as possible, and uh, it, that's just one of the keys. Let's talk real quick about Blue Quill Angler before we go. What's going on there? You, you mentioned there's classes in the fly of the month, but you guys offer it all there, right? We do. We do. We're just, uh, we're just a, a, a passionate group of uh, fly fishers, and we've got um, – you know, some great gals on our team now, too. So, um, you know, what we love to teach. We love to share that passion on the river and guide trips. And, you know, as a, as a fly fishing guide, you get to fish through your guests on any particular day. And that's that's what makes it so rewarding for us is when they catch a fish, we catch a fish. And uh, we're just really passionate about it. And if there's anything we can do to help anybody try to elevate their game to the next level, uh, small or big, you know, just send us emails, questions. We're always willing to help with anything. Point you in the right direction that kind of stuff. So bluequillangler.com, is that the best way? Yes, sir. Or give us a call either way. So that and we're happy to help in any way. Oh, go ahead and give out the phone number real quick. 303-674-4700. All right. Hey, Pat, always great to catch up with you on. We don't get you on often enough. You're a great resource and certainly a tribute to fishing in Colorado. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, Pat Dorsey, truly a legend and a great fisherman. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we're going to take you to one of the local state parks that is full, and I, I hear the fishing is pretty good. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You are listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. Jack's is, uh, they've got a Father's Day sale going on. If you're looking for that last-day gift, Boy, stop in a Jack store. Whatever he likes to do, they're going to help you out. This is up. There's locations up and down the Front Range. Let's go to the phone. And joining us from Bar Lake is Michelle Siebert. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing well, and it's a shame that Bar Lake is just a dried-up desert and there's no water there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe last year. <laughs> Not this year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I like everybody. You're having a good water year. I assume you're full. We are the fullest that Bar Lake has ever been. 
Wow, that's that's incredible. That makes for a lot of fun, a lot of activities. You got things going on. You know, for we we are on a lot, but people sometimes we forget to tell people tell them where Bar Lake is and describe the area. Of course, yeah. So Bar Lake State Park is in Brighton, Colorado. We're right off of I seventy six in Bromley. Um, we're just twenty five minutes east of Denver, so we're really a quick day trip. So at Bar Lake, we have a wonderful nature center with lots of exhibits and programming. We have a trail that goes all the way around the lake. It's 8.8 miles. You can hike, bike, or horseback ride. On the whole northern part, you can fish 10 horsepower and under. So we're really good for small fishing boats, canoes, kayaks, paddle boards. Um, And then on the southern end of the lake is our wildlife refuge, which we've had nesting bald eagles since 1986. We've had 61 eaglets fledge from Bar Lake, and we our two eaglets right now are about to fledge. They're on the edge of the nest, um, trying out their wings, so they should fledge any day. So that will make us um, have uh, 63 eaglets fledge. We also do have an archery range, a standing range from 10 to 100 yards, and then a 10 stations for 3D. And then then this fall, you know, it'll be here before we know it, um, we'll have dove hunting the month of September, and then we have waterfowl um, starting mid-October. Yeah, there's so much to do. Now, on a normal basis, it's a day-use park, but there's Mm -hmm. so much to do there. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the fishing. With the water coming back up, I'm sure you've been stocked earlier in the year. There's trout, there's perch in there, there's bass, there's, there's wipers and walleyes. How has the fishing been? It's really been good. You know, checking fishermen and on the boat, and we saw some crappie even. And we've had a couple tournaments here. We had a carp tournament that was really successful. And then we had our um, casting clays with Colorado clays, and they caught quite a few walleyes, some big wipers, and a lot of trout. Yeah, and we had JR on last week, and he, he mentioned the winners. In fact, I, I can't remember if I posted that on social media. I'll have to do that. That's quite an event he has there every year that you guys join together on. Uh, but the fishing, it's kind of an an overlooked resource at times because a lot of people have big boats, and they think they can't put them on there. But as long as they use their electric or a kicker motor, they can put their big boat on there too, right? Yes, they can. Yep, they, it, they sure can. And, you know, you can boat on 1,000 acres. Bar Lake is 2,000 acres when it's full, but um, you boat on 1,000. So, you know, we're even bigger than Cherry Creek and Chatville. And it has such a diversity of fish, and the shore fishing can be quite good at times. But another thing you mentioned that we're seeing, we've seen such an explosion of the paddle sports, you know, kayak fishing or fishing from a canoe is just a great way, and you're not going to put up with boat wakes out there because of the 10 horsepower uh, limit. Now, you can get some wind, but you won't get boat wakes. In fact, I don't. you used to have a kayak course. Do you still have that? Yeah, we have, um, we're about to put it out again. It's a, a water trail, so you can use our Agents of Discovery app, and then um, you go on our water trail, and you use your phone to learn about the park. It's really fun. Yeah, and this is a lot to do. So it's a great place, and then, of course, Great place for a picnic, the nature center, and the birding. You mentioned the eagles. What's the biggest number of eagles you've ever had at the park at one time? Um, So probably in 2015, we had 116 that we counted in one area. So, you know, we're really, um, they winter here. So we get a lot of them wintering here. But we also have, you know, 10 to 15 
that that are here year round. So a lot of people think that you won't see eagles even in the summertime, um, and you will. Um, so our new nest that they just built is at mile marker three. So if you stop by the nature center, um, we can direct you to um, where you would see the eagles. You know, we have herons and cormorants and American um, white pelicans. And we've had over 371 different bird species sighted at Bar Lake. And we kind of call Bar Lake the bed and breakfast for birds. Okay, now I'm going to change things up on you because on the 24th, which I believe is next week, you're going to go completely off the wall and do a, a international mud day. Yeah, so it's International Mud Day, and it's super fun. And we are combining that with the Brighton Chamber of Commerce Health and Fitness Expo. So what it is, it's from 10 to 2. It's free to get into the park, and all the events are free that day. And we make a big mud pit, so adults and kids, you can get in the mud and play. And we have a wash-off area. We're going to have a climbing wall. We have um, a karate demonstration. We have Zumba and yoga. And it's just a great time to be outside and be healthy and learn about some new activities. And it's completely free. I mean, even the park fee is waived, and there's no Mm -hmm. charge for anything else. You just, you know, I give you a hard time a lot, and I tease you, but you are always promoting at that park. I'll tell you what, folks, uh, she's probably going to be too modest to say it, but if you're looking for activities for your family, just check Bar Lake's Facebook page because Michelle just has – things going on there constantly, Michelle. You just do such a great job of making sure that there's special activities. Well, thank you. Yeah, last night we had um, a group come out and camp in teepees, so it was a very fun night. It rained a little bit, but we all stayed dry. It's rained a little bit almost every day. Hopefully we're headed for some dry weather. I hope so. I hope so. It's supposed to get there. And then you have one more event I know you want to you wanna highlight that's coming up because it helps you so much, and that's Lake Appreciation Day. Yeah, that's July 15th, and it's at one of our biggest cleanup events. So we, we do shoreline cleanup. We do invasive weed removal. We plant trees, um, and we feed all the volunteers lunch, and they get a T-shirt. So that's July 15th, and it's from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., and we'll be launching the sign-up next week. So just check out our Facebook or our website. All right, and just yeah, uh, so many of the parks now use. It's easier to use Facebook almost than the website. Easier to update, but I know you use both. Michelle, as always, thank you for joining us. You make everybody want to come out there. You're so enthusiastic. Again, let's keep the water in that lake all summer this year. Yeah, let, let's do that. <laughs> all right, thank you, Michelle. Have a great day. You too. Thanks, Michelle Siebert. Always great. I tell you, Bar Lake is such a great resource. So close to town. Folks, you know, I know everybody knows Cherry Creek and Chatfield and Aurora, but Bar Lake is a day-use resource. It can be tremendous fishing. It can be tough at times, too, but it can be really good, both from a boat and shore. You catch some really big wipers out there and decent population of walleyes. It's got multi-species, like I said, crappies, perch, bass, a lot of carp. If you ever want to get into carp fishing, boy, that would be the place to go, and that can be just a blast. So check it out. We're going to take a time out, and we come back. Austin Parr is going to join us, and we're going to take you around and really update you on what's happening with the fishing in these high waters. On Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go to the phones. And joining us, one of our regular contributors, he always has his 
finger on the pulse in the outdoor world, Austin Parr. Good morning, Austin. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, before we get started and conditions and what's going on, tomorrow's Father's Day. I believe you were just on an extended uh, fishing trip with your dad. I think you, him, you and him have enjoyed the outdoors quite a bit together. and It really does impact your life, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't be in the industry uh, being able to make my entire living uh, fishing and selling fishing tackle without his influence and and looking to be able to do that with my kids as well. And, and not just for the fact of creating a career, but creating really a, a lifelong activity that you can do together. I definitely played sports growing up, but yet at the same time, when you turn 18 and high school sports are done, things uh, really change for a lot of people. And, and fishing and hunting always will remain uh, through old age. Well, give a shout out to your dad. Yeah, my dad's Brian Parr, and, and uh, he's owns a hardwood floor company in town, and I and, uh, thought I was going to be doing that. But with his influence, being able to be in the, the hunting and fishing world is certainly something that uh, is something I'm very thankful for. No, I think it's, it's amazing uh, what an influence the outdoors can have on your life. I'm going to talk more about that later in the show. But right now, people, the weather's going to change, my friend. We might get a little more rain yet today, but it's actually supposed to be – halfway stable then we're going to get several days in the 80s you know the average temperature is about 84 normally here not 60 and we might even get a break in the rain but right now i would think the water flow in the rivers and the water in the lakes is affecting the fishing both positively and negatively definitely and and coming up on father's day it's always an awesome day to get out fishing in the middle of june particularly with the warm water stuff and and when you're dealing with this warm water fishing that's where a lot of this water really has been influential in a very positive way so you have uh, very full lakes and and these fish are all the way up into the trees in a lot of places and it's it's very positive to have that more water and and certainly it's positive up in the mountains as well but for right now the the flows are really high and, and a lot of the rivers definitely makes it a little bit more challenging yeah what are some of the you know what are some of the places that you're hearing it's really going well? And let's also kind of look at not only the boating, because everybody wants to know where they can catch from their boats, but with this high water, a lot of fish are pushed shallow. Let's focus a little bit on some shore opportunities, too. Definitely. So Chadfield Reservoir has been one that I've been on a lot, and guiding a lot lately, and the water definitely is very high right now. We're we're up to what their hopeful new pool is going to be, and we are in the trees and in most places. And the, and the walleyes and the smallmouth have been following that in, in a big way. The walleyes really are set up more on the outside edges of the trees, interestingly enough, and, and a bait bite really has been more productive than, than I'd be anticipating right now. A lot of times you'll be able to get them on uh, various swim baits and, and things we may discuss here in a minute, but uh, the live bait with uh, live minnows as well as leeches and crawlers on little stand-up jigs have been productive as well as working slip bobbers on the outside edges of those trees. But the other deal out there is you do have a lot of smallmouth that are moving up shallower on the inside edges of the trees, and that really provides great shore fishing opportunities or if someone has a kayak or a float tube, you can really work around in places at Chatfield that would normally not be even in the water. And, and it's a great opportunity for that where these fish are peeled off of that normal structure that's so far out in the lake, and they're right up on the shoreline edges. So uh, you can really catch a lot of those smallmouth on topwater baits, little tubes, and Texas rigs has been have been well uh, have been productive as well as Sankos. But uh, you know those walleyes on the outside edges have been a little bit more challenging from the shore angler. 
I like that you brought up the slip bobbers for all species. And, you know, shore anglers, a lot of times it's difficult to cast out and make a presentation because there is so much brush and weeds. But if you can cast a slip bobber into a hole uh, and have, you know, fairly sturdy line, a lot of times, you, especially using bait or a scented bait, you just don't even know what you're going to catch. You can, you're open to just so many options. I totally agree. And for folks that may not know what that is, a uh, slip bobber is a sliding float with, a, in my opinion, the best bobber stopper is a string bobber stopper that's tied up on your line that can be moved up or down. It can even be reeled all the way into your spool so you can adjust the depth. And on the cast, the entire, uh, the entire uh, presentation is very compact. That bobber slides all the way down to a weight that's up above your hook. And then as you cast out, the weight pulls the line through the bobber until it hits to your predetermined slip bobber position with the stopper. So you can fish a bobber in any depth of water and get it right near the bottom. So it's incredibly effective and something that I use a lot. You know, I, I know you're coming back from an eastern fishing trip. I don't know where you went, but have you heard anything about the John Martin area or those lakes yeah. down there? It's been productive. It does seem like the water is not, they're not raising that lake quite at the pace that some of these other lakes are. So it's not up in the trees quite as much, but the fishing has been very good. It's been that cooler spring down there. It has not been crazy hot yet, but the water temperatures are up. Um, I'm hearing they're going to be in the mid seventies down there still at the moment. And uh, the crappie bite has been productive still. They're done with the spawn now but they'll be uh, situated on the outside edges of some of those points as well as some of the, the bigger rock structures on the dam. And folks have been doing well as slip bobbering minnows, but also working little weedless roadrunner jigs through the very edges of the brush that still remain in the water is always a good bet. But the thing that I really like down there are the wipers and the white bass. You can catch them in, in definitely a variety of ways, and, and they have been busting up on some bait fish in certain places. So when that happens... It's kind of an anything-goes type situation. They really will eat anything if you can get them into a boil. But even without the boil, you can catch fish on top waters, up shallower on the edges. Whopper ploppers are one of my favorites when it comes to white bass and wipers. But you can also do quite well trolling to those fish. Uh, little salmon hornets and flicker shads have always been good. I a lot of times like going slightly brighter color away from a really defined shad color, which a lot of times sets your bait apart from the other bait fish that are surrounding it, so they'll eat it a little bit more. But you even can go blade baits and jigging wraps for those fish. It's kind of a, a, a deal where it's it's a lot of different things can catch a lot of different fish in that lake, but those wipers and white bass are more nomadic than the walleyes and the crappies are. So those guys will set up on a point more, the walleyes and the crappies, but those wipers and white bass move around, and you'll get them on a spot really good, and then they'll continue to move. So following that bait fish, if you can find it, is always the, the thing that I like to suggest. And, you know, we don't know what the water conditions are going to be at John Martin because we don't know how much water the farmers are getting in that southeast, and that's the real key. Um, but yeah. they're letting a ton of water out of Pueblo right now. I mean, it it is – in fact, they're advising people to stay away from the – Pueblo tailwater, and hopefully some of that water will find its way in. But if John Martin can even maintain its level and not go down much over the next few weeks, there's probably going to be opportunity there for a good solid month yet, and then we'll have to see what the conditions are. Definitely, and I mean, that usually can go well all the way through the middle of July, as you mentioned. And and uh, there's other opportunities in the southeastern part of the state as well. Uh, Blue Lake, also known as Adobe Creek, has an absolute ton of crappie, and it's one that I definitely light quite a bit as well but then like the Nanoshi Negronda area there was a little bit of I believe there's fish salvage on Queens last year 
So that may not be quite as productive, but uh, Nanoshi, I believe, held enough water to hold a decent population of fish still. And, and they, the state is working well to continue to rebuild that fishery back to hopefully some glory days coming up here. Yeah, it would be good. We need to keep track on that southeast. It's a little bit of a drive from the front range, but because of that, it gets you away from the crowds, and it just has some great opportunities, fishing, hunting, and camping. So we'll we'll have to do more keeping track of that. Let's switch up to the mountains a little bit. Uh, I know you heard something about Twin Lakes and Lake Trout. Yeah, so the, the ice is off up there, certainly, and there's been some really good fishing up shallow still. Back to the shore angler standpoint, if you have a, a big rod that can throw a one to three ounce bait, large glide baits like a river to sea S waiver, as well as large savage gear line through swim baits and trout patterns have been producing some big fish up there. Those big lake trout move from those depths and they're up shallow to feed. And those big catch and release fish are there and, and able to be caught right now. So you have an opportunity to very large, large fish, but you'll also have smaller ones that'll move up shallower too. And, and throwing, Something like a, a crocodile spoon or, or even a, a Tasmanian devil can produce, or can produce some of those. But I definitely like a three-and-a-half-inch tube jig tipped with sucker meat on the outside edges of those drop-offs where you can let it sink down and jig that back up. Uh, and there's good shore fishing opportunities. If you're someone that wants to catch lake trout and you don't have a boat, right now is the time to do it. Another awesome fishery is Jefferson Lake. Jefferson's really unique because there's – a lot of small rainbows up there. It's an absolutely fantastic place to take a kid and, and catch a lot of fish on like a flying a bubble or, or a little, even a little float with some salmon eggs. But at the same exact time, early in the season like this, when the ice has just come off, those big lake trout will be shallow as well. So you can have a numbers day as well as an opportunity at a trophy fish uh, at a place like Jefferson as well. I know another lake you like a lot in the mountains. It went, went through some rebuild because they had some issues there and they've redone a lot of the stuff but it's always been one of my favorite lakes, and that's just outside of Eagle and Sylvan Lake. Definitely. I love Sylvan. It used to be a little bit better for the bigger brook trout, but they have still a lot of brookies in that lake, and they've done a ton of stocking with the rainbows. It's a fantastic place to get a campsite if there's still some available, as well as they have yurt rentals there where you can, can camp in some of those pre, pre-made yurts. But there's a really good opportunity to catch a lot of fish up there. There's a little inlet stream that comes in on the south side, but there's shore fishing all the way around it. It's in a very nice little valley with a lot of aspen trees, and it's a good numbers lake. You can go and and catch them on a variety of different things. If you want to just be basic and and throw a bait line out, it's definitely going to be productive. But you also can do things like like stripping streamers as well as scuds uh, under an indicator on the fly rod absolutely a ton of scuds uh in that lake uh but you can even do tube jigs or gold minnows it's it's a lake that you can can catch fish in a lot of different ways as well as if you want to fish a nice stream uh down below it is called brush creek and it definitely lives up to his name there's a lot of brush in that little stream but there are some surprisingly nice browns in those beaver ponds if you can have a nice little small short two or three weight and be able to to be proficient at a bow and arrow cast to launch yourself underneath those those little uh, willow overhangs. But a dry dropper with a hopper or a humpy on top or a split case PMD or a little yellow sally down below will definitely catch you uh, fish in pretty much every run. I actually did a television show where I stayed right at Sylvan Creek, and we fished both the lake and that stream. If you folks want to go to 
the best of fishing with Terry Wickstrom, that Sylvan Lake episode is one of our more popular ones out there, and it shows you the cabins and the camping, but we fished both the river from float tubes, I mean the lake from float tubes, and the river fly fishing. So it's a, it's a great representation of what you can do there. And I think for a, ca- a family to get away camping and just catch some fish, uh, Austin, I, I don't know that you could find a more uh, fun location. It's great. I mean, it's a spot where it's not strenuous. It's very, very good for little kids. The shoreline is friendly. The creek, on the other hand, is not ideal for little kids. But if you want to get in on some secluded fly fishing, that is a nice spot. Yeah, and and it's it. Yeah, the fish are cooperative there in both places. And I'll tell you what, they close that inlet uh, during the fall when the brook trout spawn. If you want to go and see what if there are big ones left in there, just walk that without your rod and look there. You'll if you've ever wanted to see big brook trout, you'll see them in there. It's it's just a tremendous yeah. place. We got about a minute left. Anything else you want to touch on? Well, I mean, right now is just one of those times where if you're on the eastern plains lakes, the fish are biting. Uh, but you definitely need to look shallow. Everything is really high right now. Definitely start to to think less about. Uh, stuff that is out deeper. I just ran into it in Kansas where we were looking into some of our deeper water structure where we've caught them before, but the fish were very shallow, four to, to eight feet of water at the very deepest at eight uh, as far as the saw guys and the walleyes. So looking up very shallow, working swim baits, getting some weedless heads, and fishing in and around the brush uh, is going to catch you a lot of different kinds of fish, but uh, those saw guys and walleyes, if you're hunting them, the shallow bite is going to be the key. All right, my friend, if people want to talk to you or more information, where do they find you? I'm a discount fishing tackle. We're six blocks south of Evans on the west side of Santa Fe. All right, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, Terry. You bet. Austin Parr, always a great resource. We'll take a quick time out, and we'll be back on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, brought to you by Jack's Outdoor Gear. You know, they have locations, uh, well, they have like eight or nine stores. Some of our double stores, some are just outdoor gear stores, and some are their farm and ranch stores. But they've got all the way from Cheyenne through to Broomfield, Lafayette, Loveland, Fort Collins, and different types of stores. Stop by. They are having tremendous, tremendous Father's Day sales right now. We're going to talk to them about some of that in the next hour. But speaking of Father's Day, you heard me talking to Austin, if you were on with us a little bit ago, about the influence his dad had getting him in the outdoors and how it's led to his career. And, you know, I was very fortunate. I, well, I used to say I grew up in northern Minnesota. Uh, my wife, Karen, reminds me today that I grew older there. I never grew up, which I kind of like. I don't mind not growing up. But if the outdoors were part of the culture there. My grandparents, my uncles, my mom and dad, they thought you all, you know, they were children of the Depression. And they thought that learning to hunt and fish and do things in the outdoors were life lessons you might need. Uh, they, I, I'm sure they never suspected that I'd write for magazines and be on television and the radio and get to do all the things I've done. But it gave me such a solid background and an appreciation for the outdoors. The other thing it does, it really creates memories. Uh, the American Sports Angling Association did a survey a few years back of adults over the age of 40. And they asked them what their biggest memory with their parents was growing up, both their fondest and most vivid. Over half, 52%, said it was fishing, hunting, or camping, an outdoor activity. Next 
was a sporting event, and that was 12%. Now, I've been fortunate. I've been involved in both sides of that, the sporting events and the outdoors. But the, there's, a, there's something special about the outdoors and the memories you'll create. You know, we have Father's Day coming up tomorrow. If you take uh, a youth, a family member, a friend out fishing, and you see their eyes light up when they catch a fish, uh, you've created a memory and a bond that will last with you for years. It'll never be forgotten. And statistics show that if youth don't get into the outdoors, at a, if, if they don't get into it when they're young, they tend not to get into it when they get older. And it's difficult then because they feel intimidated. They don't have the know-how or they never had dipped their toe in the water or don't understand the feelings and the memories it can create. So we're, do, we're doing a program on the fan right now that I'm not part of, but I've been listening and following, and that's our mentor program. We're really pushing that, and we're pushing it from the perspective of people that influence lives and how you can influence lives. And the show comes on right before uh, ours here on Saturday mornings, and they talk about it a lot during the week. And I, I've been fortunate that I've had sports mentors, uh, coaches, and then I've had my family and the outdoors and just a tremendous and people in the media and that that were mentors to me. Charlie Myers uh, was just a tremendous mentor and Al Linder. We just have a number of people who have influenced my life and really changed it. And so this mentor program, you know, the mentor program we're doing here at the fan talks about big brothers and big sisters or being a coach in a sporting event. All my kids have been on the water with me. They've also all are in sports, and now my grandkids are in sports. Uh, my daughter was a softball player. My, my sons both played Little League baseball and football. Uh, all three of them did, actually. And so there was there was just good activities and good times that we created those memories. So maybe if you hear the mentor program here on the fan and you think, well, I I don't know about the commitment of being a big brother or a big sister, or I'm not qualified, you think, to be a coach for some of these youth sports. First of all, if you've got time to volunteer, volunteer, because you do better no matter what your qualifications are. They need people. They need people to be there for them. Sometimes the best mentor is one that learns along with you, so don't forget that. But the outdoors is another opportunity for that. And when you think about Father's Day tomorrow, think about, did your dad take you out? Can you go take him out? Is Maybe he has trouble getting out. He's getting elderly. Or maybe you know a youth in your area, a boy or a girl, that would love to go and just go fishing or go for hiking and bird watching or just spend some time camping. Don't be afraid to approach those people, and, and especially if they're family. But even if they're not, you're going to create memories, and you're going to create bonding, and you're going to create feelings that are so good for both yourself and for them. We have a lot of programs, you know, like uh, that use fishing in the outdoors for recovery from, we have women recovering from breast cancer. We have uh, helping the soldiers that come back from war. We have uh, ones that help children who are disadvantaged, both physically and through life or otherwise. And there's just so many of these programs. Look out there, take somebody out and share the outdoors, even if you have to learn it yourself as you do it. Colorado Parks and Wildlife has programs that help you take a friend fishing, take a friend hunting. And those programs can be so rewarding. So look into it. Get somebody out in the outdoors. Change their life. We're going to take a time out. Speaking of changing lives, 
I'll tell you what, this next guy, if you listen to him hunting fish, he will change your life. That's Nate Zielinski coming up after this time out on 104.3 The Fan.